Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Today we want to welcome to our Women in Electronics October radio program. Our first guest is Bill Bradford, president of ECIA. Uh, thank you, Bill, so much for having this interview. We appreciate it. I know you just had your conference. It was super successful. So we just wanted to welcome you and say thank you so much for participating. Thank you, Jackie. I appreciate being on the show. And as I said, I'm going to get you back and have you on our podcast a little later. We'd love to, uh, for sure. And, you know, Bill, I just wanted to um, have the conversation with you because in our industry, we have so many leaders that are seasoned and that are just phenomenal leaders in our industry. And it's interesting talking to you today because your conference theme was just the vision theme um, leading into 2020. So I know you talk to a lot of leaders as well. And one thing that I wanted to ask you to start off, being one of the leaders in our industry, how did you get your start in the electronic components industry? What made you want to be in this industry and how did you start your journey? Like so many of us, I think I never necessarily wanted to get into electronic components. It sort of yeah. happened to me. Uh, I was an electrical engineer uh, major and based on a couple summer internships with General Motors, I always thought I wanted to be in the power side and facilities, you know, plant engineering, kind of the big heavy power 220 stuff. And then uh, spring break, my senior year, I was invited to Texas Instruments to interview for their field sales training program. And I went there because I thought Dallas would be a good place to go on spring break more than anything. But as I interviewed the people, spent the whole day there, it kind of opened my eyes to a whole different field, both the electronic components, but also the field sales side of that. And just sounded like a very interesting career. And so I jumped on that and never looked back. Well, that's awesome. I think you kind of fell into it like a lot of us did, not even expecting. Um, and then how did you get to this point, though, where you're president of the ECIA? And the ECIA is, um, if you could give a little background on that, too, just in case some people might not quite understand what ECIA is. Right. So the Electronic Component Industry Association is an association made up of the manufacturers, the distributors, and the manufacturers reps for electronic components. Uh, we are really focused on the full authorized supply chain. So a lot of effort put into enabling and promoting and creating efficiencies for the full supply chain, and particularly the, the authorized uh, distribution of electronic components. And I was never that actively involved in ECIA during my career. So I spent time with several large semiconductor manufacturers and a variety of uh, senior management, senior executive roles. And um, when I decided to stop doing that and was experimenting with a couple other career paths, uh, I realized that the ECIA offices were about a mile away from my home. So it was geographically very interesting. And I knew a lot of the people, even though I wasn't directly involved in ECIA, as a participant, uh, many of the leaders, uh, including the leaders at that time, John Denslinger, who was the pre president before me, mm -hmm. Dave Doherty, who was the chair, yeah. we began to talk and uh, it just really seemed like a great way to leverage a 30-year career 
the network I built and the experiences I've had to kind of give back to some degree w- with the industry to really focus on how I can help the industry overall, help the community work with a lot of the people that I'd worked with over the last three decades. And uh, so it came together about two years ago and I've been having a lot of fun ever since. Well, we've been happy to have you. We've seen some great improvements and I knew John Denslinger too, did a great job. And so ECIA is just such a a great organization in our industry. Um, And you know, I wanted to ask you, so how we're another industry association, women in electronics now, and we're trying to come along ECIA. And one of the big topics of conversation quite a bit is around mentorship. So Women in Electronics is putting together our own mentorship program, but I wanted to ask you about your personal mentors. Like, how did they help you? Who were they? How did they elevate your career? And what is the significance and importance to you with mentors? Yeah, I've been fortunate to have several mentors at at different portions in my career, but probably the one that was most notable over the, uh, that, that had the biggest impact on my career was a gentleman named Dan McCraney. Uh, Dan, when I first met him, was running sales and marketing for Cypress Semiconductor. And under his, I was an employee at Cypress and under his leadership, uh, I took on a lot of projects and a lot of expanded assignments and just always was very supported by Dan and learned just so much from him and his leadership style. In fact, uh, at his direction, I helped to form a formal mentor program at Cypress Semiconductor where we started to pair high potential employees with senior executives in the company, create a whole formal curriculum around that. And uh, it's, it, it uh, became very influential, uh, a very strong program within the company. Dan went on to become the chairman of the board at on Semiconductor and was instrumental in bringing me there to run global sales back in 2002. So I got to interface with him over the course of about 20 years, and I still consider him a, a great friend and somebody I lean to for advice and, uh, and just as an example of an industry leader. Wow, that's great. It's a lot of us have had some amazing mentors. Um, and as far as our industry... We, I think, both have that passion for youth and bringing in talent and using that mentorship to kind of bring up the next set of leaders. Um, what is your perspective on how we can get more fresh talent in our industry, more youth, and, and how can we promote that? How can Women Electronics uh, support what you're doing at ECIA? That's a great question. And I I think that's one of the biggest challenges we have as an industry and one of the key areas of focus we have as an association. Our members are constantly looking to us to help promote, uh, to attract more talent into the industry. I think today when young people say they want to go into technology, they typically are thinking Google or Facebook or some some other even more exotic uh, type of new tech. And so components has become a little bit of a uh, old-fashioned, I guess, to some of you. So we've, we've got to really double down on how we explain the exciting things that electronic components are enabling. We do a few things to try to reach younger and more diverse uh, employees in, in, and help develop them. One of the things we do in conjunction with EDS is the SPARK program, where we take people already in the industry, but but people that are very new into the industry, and try to provide a lot of uh, development and mentor opportunities. Uh, 
today, you, you know, I, our conference that we had last week, we had 19% of the audience was female. So, you know, if we're not attracting women into our business, then even if we're getting a lot of youth, you know, we're only getting half the, the pool we could be. So, so I think the two go hand in hand is working to uh, expand our diversity overall, and that's going to help enable us to attract more young talent. But I also think it's communication modes like this, trying, trying to upgrade the way we communicate and tell what our industry is all about. You know, it can't just be newsletters and conferences with uh, a, a bunch of old folks smoking cigars. You know, we, we've got to use social media. We've got to use new tools for outreach and be just very progressive in the way that we position our industry and communicate with young people. I do find that executives in our industry love to talk to, love to mentor the, the young folks. We've got to do a better job of facilitating that, making those pairings. At the conference last week, we at the breakfast uh, meetings, we had the Spark attendees paired up with various executives for breakfast, and that was hugely successful on both sides. The executives loved it, loved doing it. They loved to talk about the industry and talk to the youth, and the, the young people we had in Spark really said that was one of the most valuable things about the two-day program. That's amazing, and I had the opportunity twice so far um, once at ADS and once at the ECIA conference to be able to talk to the Spark group. And I find them to be incredibly intelligent, very capable. Um, I'm excited to work with them. And so at some point, I don't know, we come alongside each other in that way with women in electronics as well. I know so many of the women would like to help mentor some of the youth coming in. So it's good to see all those fresh faces. And um, as far as um, the you mentioned the conference. So what are some of the key takeaways from the ECIA conference? This is one of the most well-attended conferences in the industry. A lot of our professionals go, a lot of our top leaders go. What is it that you would say are some of the top key takeaways? For me, probably the biggest takeaway I saw overall is just kind of the spirit, the community of our, of our industry and, and certainly represented uh, as ECIA members, but, but even non-members that were there, I, I just get really excited and kind of fired up when I see different people from the electronic industry really come together as a community, being supportive of each other, being supportive of the association, and as you said, just turning up in big numbers for the conference. But we covered a lot of ground in the conference. As you said, the, the vision is what, or the uh, theme of the conference was Vision 2020 leading with clarity and really taking a look at all the disruption that we face as an industry in the coming decade and how we can best prepare leaders to deal with this disruption. So we talked about things like the evolving, um, the key evolving technologies and industries. We had economists there talking about what to expect from a macroeconomic perspective as well as specifically in the components industry. We had different leaders talking about things like diversity and inclusion, uh, as well as succession planning and development. Uh, several people talked about uh, just overall the type of leadership you need to uh, lead in this time of disruption and time of change. Mm -hmm. I think most notable, Ed Visters was our keynote on Tuesday morning. Ed was an individual that has climbed all of the 14 8,000 meter peaks in the world, and he did this without oxygen. So it's a pretty amazing feat. Mm -hmm. And he tied this in so well to the types of uh, challenges that we have in business on a day-to-day -day basis and the need for, for patience and perseverance and, and uh, 
uh, preparation, you know, the three, three big P's that he talked about. Also explored things like the change in digital marketing and the fact that our buying community today does so much on their own using the web that we've got to fundamentally change the way we market and sell because we just don't have interaction with customers until very late in the process. Finally, we heard from our board. We had the ECIA board as a panel and took questions from the audience. And I think that was a uh, popular addition to our agenda and one that we'll probably continue each year to make sure that we're really explaining not just from the staff, but from the board, what the priorities of the association are and some of the key things that we're working on. So it was a great opportunity to share some of those things as well. Well, I was at the conference and I thought this was one of your best conferences. I thought the content was good. The speakers were great. Um, so we appreciate all the efforts from you and your team. Um, I really took a lot out of it. So, um, and really speaking of, you know, from your perspective of being a leader in the industry, and if you think of those young um, up and coming leaders, um, say the Spark Kids or other people coming into the industry, what would be your advice of where you were compared to where you see the world now, these young leaders coming up in a completely different climate, what would be some leadership advice you would have for the next leaders? You know, I consider myself a, a student of leadership. I'm fascinated by the subject. I read a ton. I've, I've uh, taken a lot of classes in the area. I still have an awful lot to learn, but I guess the, the, the key leadership traits from my perspective, I guess first would be summarized by Jim Collins, level five leadership attributes. Those are humility. Uh, you know, so many leaders that I've dealt with over the years lack that and, and I think could be such stronger leaders if they really took a more humble approach to their role as a kind of a servant leader, mm -hmm. uh, but also responsibility, making sure that the buck stops with the leader, um, getting the right people in, in the right roles, you know, the, as Jim Collins is getting the right people on the bus and uh, being just very committed to the mission of the organization and very passionate in what they do. You know, it, it becomes across, it comes across very clearly when a leader is kind of going through the motions and not really committed to the mission and not really passionate about what they're doing. So it's, it's really about, I think, putting, putting others first, putting the organization first and above the ego of the leader. But, you know, it's pretty easy to lead when the problems are well understood and therefore the solutions are kind of cookbook, uh, cookie cutter solutions. But when you face an adaptive challenge, this is one where the old solutions don't work. Um, it, it really requires that a leader have a lot of self-awareness and the ability to kind of step back and really see the forest for the trees, a simple concept, but really being able to detach a little bit and look at the bigger picture and just realize that the problem they're facing is an adaptive problem, not a one of the everyday standard variety of problems. Um, these kind of problems have to be solved in non-traditional ways. Mm -hmm. And I think the real leadership challenge is with the employees is finding that right balance between kind of the tension between the employee uh, being super stressed out, but, or being um, not, not uh, feeling enough of a sense of urgency. So there's that fine line, you know, you, you want them to find that real sense of urgency, but you don't want them to get so flipped out that they can't, they can't operate. And that, that's a real skill for a leader in these kind of challenging times when there's really a crisis, you know, keeping them right on that edge. Finally, I think they just are, are good at empowering employees. They've got to give them the capabilities to succeed, the tools, but empower them to make the decisions and get the job done. Wow. 
Very good advice. Um, I have a dear friend who uh, works at Merrill Lynch and she's um, an executive director. Her name is Lanon Clark and she has spoke at some of our um, conferences for women electronics and you had mentioned serving, a, a leader being a servant. So her quote, which I love, is if, if serving is beneath you, leadership is beyond you. So I love that. Okay. Well, um, like that. But um, anyway, Bill, any final thoughts? It's been amazing having you today. I'm so honored that you participated in our very first interview. Um, I think it worked out beautifully. So I just want to thank you on behalf of our team for stepping up and, and also partnering with us. The support that ECIA has given women in electronics from the very beginning has been greatly appreciated. We would not be here without you and people like Debbie Conyers and Donna at the office and yourself and everybody just really uh, wrapping their arms around an association that is coming alongside the industry to help with diversity and inclusion. But any final thoughts from you, Bill? Just, you know, when we talked about uh, newcomers to the industry, one thing I failed to mention that I think is really important is all the work we do with FIRST Robotics, because that's yeah. really getting the students in the high school and even the junior high level to get them involved in robotics and how you take a basket of components and really make something productive out of them. Um, just in conclusion, I, I'm very happy to be a, a guest on the show. As, as you know, we are very committed to the mission of women in electronics. We think it's an important initiative that we want to be aligned with and supportive of. Um, it, it serves our com common membership and our mutual goals. So we wish you the best of luck. And uh, thanks again for having me on your show. All right. Thanks for joining us today. And we will um, see you at the next conference. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.